it's been a long time since we've rock and rolled. But that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance, as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod Weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Inceptia. Welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, I'm really happy to have on the show, Robin McCauley. Robin, how you doing? Sly Dog, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I am, I'm running late. Um, everybody wants to talk about talk about standing on the edge, so I'm, I'm standing on the edge in anticipation of Friday's release. So thanks I, for having me. It's great to have you, and everybody should be talking about it because it's a fantastic album. I was really oh, excited thanks. to get this one. Uh, in my mailbox so I have to so I want to start at the beginning because uh so I started listening to this and then I was like did a little research on you and I was kind of surprised to learn this is your first solo album since 1999 it's only your second (laughs) and it's not like you've been inactive in that time you've been doing stuff but talk about how did it feel to make a record that where you were the central focus of the album for the first time like this is Robin's show so talk about that what was it like to do this for the first time in a long time uh, so to digress very quickly, uh, the first one was never meant to be a solo record. It was a collaboration between myself and Survivor guitarist uh, Frankie Sullivan. Basically, nobody wanted to buy the finished product, and uh, it sat on the shelf. It sat on the shelf for about six years, and it got released by a Japanese label. Uh, and the guys said, "Forget it. Just put your name on it. Bring it out as a solo record." So now we fast forward to 2021, right off the back of a great Black Swan record. And Frontiers said, hey, uh, be a good idea to keep the momentum and you record a solo record, which yet again, I wasn't completely enthused about because I'm really not a solo artist kind of a guy. Um, I don't need to be 
Well, the sand focus, uh, that's really not something that, that uh, bothers me too much. I love the secure feeling of a, a band around me um, and everybody chipping in and that sort of stuff. So now I have, you know, now I have the pressure of doing a solo record. What do I do, right? What do I do? What is it supposed to sound like? Um, and, and who the hell is going to listen to it, right? So it seems to me to a lot of effort for nothing. So Frontiers kind of laughed at it and they went, well, just give us Robin McCauley. You know, you were at Grand Prix, you were at Far Corporation, you were at Survivor, you were, you know, with Black Swan, but it's no point. There we go. They wanted basically to uh, keep the momentum, as they said. Um, yeah. And they thought it would be a good idea to do a solo record. So, um, you know, I started working with all my old uh, stable mates and get a little a little touch of everything or most of everything that I'd worked on to make it a solo record, make it a little bit different. Yeah. Awesome. And it really came out well. It's a nice, like, really tasty blend of like that AOR sound, you know, a la Survivor. Right. And it's kind of got that heavier Black Swan sound as well. So yeah. I, like, I think it came out perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's like uh, you throw it up in the air and you hope that it'll fall in the right place. And, and then once you're done, it's, it's done. It's like this, you know. Absolutely. So you got to work with Alessandro Del Vecchio on the album. Talk about that experience. Was this your first time working with him or did he work on Black Swan as well? Yeah, he mixed the Black Swan record and uh, you know, he's the, he's the maestro from Frontiers and my God, he's so busy, but he's so incredibly talented. And um, we discussed how we would go about this throughout this pandemic. He's, he was locked down in, in, in Italy where he still is and so we thought, how will we do this? And, and of course, today you don't have to be in the same room. We're not in the same room and we're chatting away, you know, yep. apart from bad connection sometimes. But um, it really was just a matter of me finding a studio uh, outside of my home where I did my rough demos to uh, record my vocals. He recorded all the tracks back there. We sent them through the universe and they landed the studio. And uh, he put it together, he mixed it. He plays bass on there, he plays keys on there. Amazing guitar player, which is, uh, who also is his, uh, his studio engineer, Andreas Cerveso, who's an incredibly young player. I looked out with him. And then uh, Nicholas uh, Papapico playing drums. I couldn't be happier, amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, it came out great, man. And Alessandro always seems to bring out, you know, the more melodic side of everybody. Oh, he's, un he's unbelievable. I mean, I'm... I, I, does he sleep? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder sometimes because there's so, there's so many Frontiers projects with his name on it. It's right? really yeah. crazy. Uh, so I wanted to touch on, so you actually got to write uh, with a former uh, bandmate of yours on this album. You got to write with Phil Lanzon. Phil Lanzon. Phil Lanzon. Yes, Phil Lanzon. That's how you yeah. say it. Yeah, Phil, uh, um, Phil hails back to the Grand Prix days and then uh, Michael Schenkerfest, we were headlining a, festival in France uh, about 18 months ago. And Phil now, of course, has been Uriah Heap's keyboard player for maybe 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, maybe that long already. So we had a chat on the plane and, you know, the question always came up, will there be a Grand Prix reunion? And we both agreed, probably not. So I reached out to Phil. Um, I got him on WhatsApp. He lives in the UK and we started chatting and I went, let's, let's have a Grand Prix type connection on my solo record. 
and uh, Like a Ghost is what came out of it. It's a great song. And Alessandro recorded the entire track. He followed directives of how we needed it to sound a little bit Grand Prix-ish. Um, yeah, it's a lot of people's favorite, that track. <laughs> yeah, it's one, it's, one, it's one of my top two. My, my, my favorite is another one we'll talk about in a second. But man, I, I was surprised he wasn't playing on the track himself because it really has that 70s screaming organ sound. Right. So, like that was so Isn't perfect. it cool? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And you know, when we were mixing it, I went, more, we need more Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I put so much on there already. I went, more, we need more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. It's killer. It's awesome. You can never get enough of that. Uh, my favorite is actually the closing song on the album, Running Out of Time. It's this huge barn burner of a song. Talk about that one a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I laugh when people talk about it. And I'm going, you know, we started off with Thy Will Be Done. And then we finished with Running Out of Time. And we go through this little storybook thing. And I'm going, did we make it? Running Out of Time? We had 11 songs. Did we get it done? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh it is it is an absolute it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a runaway train and and uh it really lyrically was me trying to trying to look at the current situation and all of the temptations and all of the bad vibes that are going on and and all of the the ill feeling towards each other and and to try and go you know wherever this, whatever source this is coming from, that, that's, that's inflicting this on us. It was my battle with that, with that entity going, I know what your game is, you know, and, and, and I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to beat you to it if I don't run out of time, you know, and that's really was me. It's like a, it's like a, a verbal battle with, with, the, with the evil one, yeah, <laughs> whatever the evil one is, you know. Yeah, I was wondering who you were talking about in that song. I, I, I was like, is it like a specific person or it's, it's like evil in general in a way. So that's evil, in cool. evil in general, it's just the bad influences that we are so influenced by. And so where's my little personal battle going on? You know, I, I'm going to kick your ass by the time we're out the door here, you know? <laughs> awesome. I'm not going to lie. I'm also a sucker for a good ballad. And we talked about Survivor a little bit and you managed to cop a Survivor feel, I think, on late December. Talk about that song a little. Um, first song I ever actually wrote start to finish about my wife. We've been together 30 years. We'll be married 28 Congrats. years, 28 years this October. And our whole, our whole meeting was kind of based. She, first time she came to LA to visit me was actually on Christmas day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, that's really about my wife. And, you know, over the years, you know, you write power ballads and you write this and that. And, you know, if you're if you're with the same person, which I'm fortunate enough to be, um, you know, at some point they're going to go, is that about me? Who did you write that one about? <laughs> 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 you know, what's that lyric about? I don't ever remember doing that. So um, the funny thing is that throughout the pandemic, she never stopped working because she's a program director for eating disorder, uh, young mm. girls. And uh, her bucket list has always been, she wanted, always wanted to be a nurse all of these 30 years. So normally I work five nights a week on a Vegas show. So I'm almost never home. And um, we discussed it and she goes, I'm going to go into nursing school finally. So she's almost ready to graduate, you know, 
a two-year course. She, she had started a little bit before it. Um, November, she will graduate. And um, she hadn't actually heard the song. I had the song finished, mixed, and I sent it to her and I went, what do you think of this? And she writes back, she goes, is that about me? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, finally, you don't have to ask who it's about. It is on the street. This one's for you, babe. Yeah. It's a beautiful yes. song and uh, it belongs on there. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous. You mentioned your, uh, I guess you could call it your quote unquote day gig, uh, Radio the Rock Vault, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, how's that? How's that coming along? Like, has that been back enough? You know, I know the pandemic kind of shut everything down, but like, is that something that's looking at coming back in the future? And that's like the plan. In the future? That's the plan. March fourth, twenty twenty, was my last show. Um, we have performed almost fifteen hundred shows. Wow! In the time we've been there, voted number one consecutively for six years, best classic rock show in Vegas. Um, and everybody wants it back and we're ready to come back. We just, uh, everything has to be put in place. No specific date, but behind the scenes, they're working frantically, uh, trying to put the, uh, the, the comeback when it's all safe and all of that sort of stuff. Vegas opens officially June 1, we're told. Um, at what capacity initially, we're not sure. Masks are still mandated, so... Um, it could be a, a, a case, Alan, of, uh, you know, let the dust settle, <laughs> let somebody else um, pave the way and make it all safe. And, and then everything will just start, start coming in full on. So that's the plan. Yeah. Awesome. Hopefully I can catch that sometime when I get back to. Oh, you have to. It's, it's a great show. It started 60s through the 80s. Story of classic rock. It's really cool. Very cool. Nice. That sounds wonderful. Uh, real quick before I ask the next question, do I have enough time to ask a few more? I know what you kind yeah, of. Yeah, we're yeah. You, I was late with you, so you know, let's let's run over. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's. I, I'll I'll do a few more. Uh, so I wanted to talk about again. I'm going to bring up Survivor just because I'm such a big fan of that band. Yes. And you mentioned working on that solo record with Frankie. Is that how you landed the gig initially, or how did that kind of come together? That's exactly right. '94. Um, um, John Kaladner over at Geffen Records um, apparently uh, had asked the question if, you know, what would we get if we put Macaulay and Sullivan together? Um, I believe the real question was what would happen if he put me together with Ricky Phillips from who's now the bass player with, with Sticks for forever. Um, so I ended up writing with Frankie and we wrote all of those songs. And as I said earlier, we couldn't give it away. Yeah. Um, and so it sat around gathering dust for about six years till uh, a Japanese GMF records picked it up. And uh, 99 is when it came out as a solo record because you know you had grunge, you had alternative, nobody wanted to hear that kind of music anymore. Uh, but then in 2000, I end up back in the ranks of, uh, of Survivor and stayed there for like five, six years until they brought back Jimmy and and Dave, and then of course, poor Jimmy passed away. So, yeah, God rest his dear soul. What, what was that experience like for you? Were you a Survivor fan, like going into it, getting to sing all these songs every night? Oh my God, I was scared out of my wits because what a catalog of great material. And I'm going, I can't sing. A, I, I, I refused to join in 94 when we were making this thing that <laughs> became the solo record. And my exact words to Frankie was, you don't need me. 
They need to hear Jimmy Jameson. That's who they need to hear. So you get on the phone, bury the hatchet, do whatever it is. And, and they, they did because I, I just wouldn't join. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not true. And then in the meantime, um, my wife and I had twin boys and uh, they were, I think they just turned five when I started getting emails from Frankie and uh, my wife Gina said, hey, did you uh, answer Frankie's email or his, his messages? And I went, no, because I know what he wants. And she goes, well, wouldn't it be sort of, you know, uh, good manners, you know, just to uh, say, hey, how's it going? You know, now is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of really pushed it. And then before I knew it, I was on my way into Chicago. Uh, <laughs> no, true, true story. Into the uh, into a rehearsal room. I think running down about thirty songs, and less than a week later, I'm playing a festival with Survivor to about twenty thousand people, and I didn't know if my ass or my head was going first. And I thought <laughs> I didn't even know the show format. Uh, I barely knew the songs, and so I would go to the keyboard player. Uh, uh, Chris Grove and I went just keep all the lyrics on your keyboard on your keyboard and just every time we go to a new song just flick the page and once I see the opening line I'll probably get most of it I didn't know how the songs ended I didn't know what the chit chat was in between <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I was uh, excuse me for saying I was flying by the ass of my pants I can tell you and a wonderful wonderful, wonderful catalog of songs that were just an honor, an honor to sing. My only complaint was we just didn't work enough. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I barely broke a sweat, you know, and I, I, I really wanted to work more. I thought they would work more, but um, I hate to say it, but they were just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such an incredible catalog of music and it's, that's really cool that you got to sing that. That's awesome, yeah. man. Incredible. Yeah. So I always like to end the show on kind of a lighthearted note. Uh, and that is, uh, I always like to ask like, like for a funny tour sto story, like maybe something, some, some incident happened on stage or on the way to a show uh, or traveling to a show, like whatever it was, like, does, do you have a good like tour story from like, it can be from MSG or oh. Rock Vault, whatever. Um, oh, dear God, dear God. Um, I remember, uh, it's a kind of a happy, sad uh, story, but I remember, um, <laughs> it's a bit disgusting really, but it was an MSG <laughs> show. It's an MSG show here in, in, in California. And we had the Black Crows opening up for us. Oh. And, and so we were up on a pretty high stage and right up at the very end, uh, some guy, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or his wife or whatever, but she decides that she's getting up on his shoulders, right? A bit kind of eye level or crutch level with me, right? Yeah. And so she makes her way towards the stage, whips off her top, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going, oh dear. And then she he he trips and she lunges forward and <laughs> she, she grabs me full on by the crown jewels, right? Oh. At which point now I'm I'm riding in pain and I, I have to bail backstage. And no, it's a true story. You wanted to know. I know. And so now I'm backstage. They're shouting for encores. <laughs> and I'm in excruciating pain in the bathroom. And I'm going, I, I can't even move. <laughs> I, can't, 
because I think the crown jewels were coming out to the top of my head <laughs> after she after she hung on in there. Um, but we came back on over about a 10 minute delay and I was able to compose myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, yeah, that's, a true story. that's a true story. I'm sure the high notes got a lot easier after that. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Robin, this has been an absolute pleasure. Everybody needs to check out Standing on the Edge out May 7th on Frontiers. You can get it online, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, also, tell me what, where people can find you on Facebook, Twitter. Like, what's the best place to follow Robin McCauley? Yes, you can find me Facebook, of course. Uh, official Robin McCauley. Uh, Twitter, you can find me. You can find me uh, on Instagram. And... Uh, if you're looking hard enough, I'm there. That's awesome. absolutely, you will find me. Well, and remember, ma'am, Friday, May 7th, Standing on the Edge official release. And I hope you like it. And uh, say something nice or don't say anything at all. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, Robin. Till next Robin, time. Have a, great, have a great day. Thank you so much. Yep, talk to you later, man. Bye. Thank you, bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.